0: Thanks for tuning in to Health Dose, a conversational podcast that talks about a wide variety of issues that affect your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today we're going to talk about literacy in young children. Ashley Hurd, MD, specializes in pediatrics. Dr. Hurd sees children from newborn to age 17 at My Michigan Pediatrics on Houghton Avenue in West Branch. Dr. Hurd enjoys working with families to help them reach achievable goals with their children and to help children reach their best potential in the academic, developmental, psychological, behavioral, and emotional aspects of life. Healthdose asked Dr. Hurd, at what point should parents start reading to their children?
1: So that is a great question. Um, it's actually super duper important. So a lot of people will wonder, when should I start reading to my children? So like when they're three and they're four. And according to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is the governing organization that tells pediatricians basically how to do their jobs and provides lots of evidence-based medicine, you should start doing it, you know, from day one. As pediatricians, we usually recommend doing it around six months of life. And the reason for that is... We understand it's very hard to find the will and energy to read to a six-week baby who you're feeding every three hours. (laughs) And so reading to them on a daily basis from the age of six months on and onward is what we consider to be the most important. And the reason for that is not only does it help improve their lexicon, their dearth of vocabulary, it also helps to work on their social-emotional skills, their interaction with the parents, And it really helps prepare them for learning, whether it be for pre-K and kindergarten. And the more you read to your child, the more they learn, the more they know. And the better they'll do in school and overall in long life. And so really the short answer is, well, if you want your kid to succeed, read to them. And if you don't have the time to read, talk to your kid.
0: So I don't know about most parents, but I started reading to my kids in utero. Because I, it was fun to, it was fun for them to react, and they will react to your voice even before they're born.
1: Absolutely, that's that's adorable, and I think that's also a great idea. There have definitely been done studies out there how babies will respond to voices in the external environment. I don't think there have been any studies as to whether or not that helps improve their vocabulary, interaction, and literacy later on after they're born. But hey, it doesn't hurt.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're treating literacy and reading to your kids and interacting with your kids and talking with your children as a part of a daily routine like feeding and like uh, hygiene for that matter.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's something a lot of parents aren't aware of, whether that be those who are the lower socioeconomic statuses, or even in the families who have every resource you could ever want. And then I think part of that is because a lot of times we are really busy, and we don't always have the time to read to children. Because honestly, it's, Sometimes our schedule just gets in the way. But even just two or three minutes of talking to them or reading to them or talking about your everyday, what you're doing, like... A lot of times you can simply take a book, you look at the book, and you could talk about what colors you see there, how the colors are different, what the animals in picture are doing, and just talk about what you see on the page. And so most of what you can do just looking at a book is what you could also do in your general environment. So really, like reading to your child, talking to your child is definitely a part of a daily routine to help your child reach optimal development.
0: You mentioned economic resources. What can parents do to help enrich a child's vocabulary, improve their language skills, introducing them to reading? What if they have limited financial resources?
1: So some of those things that you can do is going to the library. Of course, I know COVID is hit everyone pretty hard these days, especially libraries with their reduced hours. But you can still check out books that those children have available, talking to them about your everyday routines, explaining what complex words mean. If you want, you can even read to them from a cookbook or any book that you have in the house because any word that's exposed to them is something new. And you can explain that word and that helps get out there. So, you know, if you don't have the resources to purchase those books for your children, you can do that. Also, a lot of pediatrician offices have something that's called the Reach Out and Read campaign, which we're starting to get up here in the West Branch. We're working on developing the funds for that. But it provides a book for every child. For every well-child check from the six month to the five year well-child check, and what that does is it really helps to promote and enhance, you know, the importance of reading, especially for those parents who don't have those books. There's also like the Dolly Parton, I think it's called, like the Imagination Library. You can enroll in, and they'll send your child, I think, a book. I think it's like every month, so that's something that you can do. You don't have to have the financial resources to do that. You just sign up for it online. And just kind of basically just talking about what you're doing in everyday life.
0: I don't know about what you're seeing in West Branch, but in my neighborhood, I'm seeing these little libraries popping up in people's front yards where they have the little boxes with the door and the free books inside. Are those spreading across up to where you are?
1: (sighs) I actually just moved here a month ago, so I, I cannot speak on that. But I know when I was in Georgia, it's something that's starting to come back. And I think that's because people are realizing how much the world needs books and how much we need books and just kind of sharing those. So I think that's a great thing that the communities are bringing up.
0: Especially at a time when so much is done online with a device, books are are not something we reach for instinctively anymore. We talked about financial resources, but also time is a resource for parents too. What's your best advice for parents who maybe have the resources to buy the books, but are struggling with the amount of time that's needed to uh, interact with their child, read to their child?
1: If you're struggling for time, the thing is just to remember is that even if you're not down with your child and talking with them. You can still talk with them between activities, what you're doing in everyday life. You can have other people who reach out. The babysitters, enrolling your child in daycare, enrolling them in preschool. Um, those are some people that can work with them on those things. Having grandparents and such reach them whenever they come over and visit. That's something that I do every time I go over to visit my nephews and my sister's house is I always go to their bookshelf, I find a book, and I read a book to them even though their parents do it on a daily basis like that's our routine and my nephews know that oh aunt ashley's coming over it's time to read a book so definitely kind of getting the community involved as well and anyone who's taking care of the child to let them know where your books are in case you want to read to the children because most people really love reading to children and they'll go and volunteer at libraries to do so and all that i know the librarians and us are really looking forward for that resuming once covid
0: is over What about television shows that target toddlers and preschoolers? What is their role in helping to enrich a child's education?
1: So I get this question a lot. And the answer is technically there should be no involvement for television in terms of teaching a child how to read and education. And I know a lot of parents are not going to like that answer. The reason for that is they have lots of things on YouTube, like Cocoa Melon and things that you can watch that are there for children that will distract them and such. But with those types of interviews, there's like Baby Einstein. With those, they usually have like, like crayons dancing around and talking about these are the colors and it's asking the children, like, what color is this? And a lot of times it'll be like echolalia where you just kind of repeat what the TV is saying back. But the thing Thing that television education or YouTube video education is missing, that they don't have real parent-child interaction, is the surprise and happiness that you see on the adult's face. So whenever a child is reading or answering or something and they see that praise on the parent's face, it actually helps to make that interaction more enjoyable and makes them want it even more and more. So it works on those social skills, and then it also works on social skills, emotional Emotional skills and it helps to make it more important in the child's life. With the TV and andra telling you, I know like Dora the Explorer is really popular. I love Dora the Explorer. you know like swiper, no swiping, it's interactive and all of that. It's definitely great to get that vocabulary out, but it just doesn't have that same connection. And studies have actually been done that show that children don't learn as well from televisions and videos on YouTube that are even geared towards toddlers and preschoolers which is kind of sad because I I wish, I wish it with the extra mile to be as good as human child interaction, but really there's, there's no substitute.
0: So bottom line, there's no substitute for an analog parent reading to their child.
1: I love the way you put that. Absolutely. That is correct.
0: What about households where the literacy of the caregivers is limited? Does that mean a child is doomed from the start when they're facing literacy issues?
1: That's one of the things that is near and dear to my heart because where I train and where I practice, there are a lot of people who are unfortunately stuck in that cycle of poverty. And sometimes parents feel like they're not going to get out of that. But the answer is no, they're not doomed. There are so many things that you can do. One, talking to your children reading to your children, talking to them about what you see in books like I talked about earlier, and just sharing your knowledge about talking about what you see and what you're learning. And as far as just kind of describing whatever's on a page, you have to remember that a picture is worth a thousand words. And those are a thousand words that you can expose your child to. And something that I love to bring up, I don't know if you've seen it, is the movie in the book Matilda. She had parents that didn't have the time for her as much and so she sought out lots and lots of books and they became her friends and she read them and she got hold of as many as she could and she became a very bright young lady. So now there's always hope for being better.
0: Aside from reading to your child, what else can parents do to make sure that when your child is 4 or 5 years old and they go off to a formal school setting that they're ready for that experience?
1: One, of course, reading to them together is a daily activity. So there's something the AAP calls the five R's of early education for school readiness. And that's one is reading together every day Uh, as a family fun activity. Number two is R is rhyming. So rhyming, playing, talking, singling, and cuddling together throughout the day. What that does is that helps build those social interactions so that they actually want to interact with other people whenever they go to preschool and kindergarten. R is rewards. Give them rewards for their everyday successes. Give them praise because praise coming from their loved ones will impact them the most. And it'll make them want to keep trying and keep putting out there. And then, you know, that's all we want you to do is to keep trying. And the last R is relationships. So having relationships that are reciprocal, nurturing, purposeful, and enduring. And those are the foundation of a healthy early brain and child development. So all of that coming together builds the foundation for success in
0: school. And I think we also have to be of the mindset that it isn't our job just to parent our child to their five years old and let the school system take over. Parenting isn't a supplement for their education. Education is a supplement to the parenting.
1: Absolutely. I think that the teachers are um, praising you right now for that. Because that's I know our teachers are really overworked and they're, they're working so hard for everything that we're going through right now. But absolutely, you know, there's education at home, like getting them ready. And then once they're in school, helping with their homework and what they're struggling with. So absolutely. School is a supplement to whatever parenting goes on at home.
0: That is pediatrician, Dr. Ashley Hurd. Dr. Hurd sees children from newborn to age 17 at MyMichigan Pediatrics on Houghton Avenue in West Branch. As always, if you have health concerns about you or your young child, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to mymichigan.org doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thanks again for listening. Check back again soon. We'll have another episode of Health Dose.